0: Hi, my name is Darren Joseph and welcome to h and We're a team that seeks to demystify the somewhat confusing world of international tax, cross-border compliance, uh, international tax planning. Today I wanna to talk about US pre-immigration planning. Now, typically most of our videos talk about US exposed persons who are doing business outside of the US. And today we're gonna to do the opposite, which would be not Americans who intend to move to the U.S. and the steps that they would typically need to do, well, not need to do, but we least recommend that they would do, uh, as part of that pre-immigration process. You know, for, I mean, there's, uh, I mean, it is not an easy process to move to another country. It can be quite stressful, quite confusing. And we tend to get preoccupied with the immigration piece. And unfortunately, we tend to miss out on the tax piece, which we think been super important. Now, I, ironically, most of our uh, most popular live streams when we do these live streams are uh, actually for US pre immigration planner. To, from you know, and, and that makes sense since we we tend to deal with high-income earners. And when you look at some of the charts that are published around the internet, uh I think there's visual capitalists, there's uh and their partners, and those attract the movements of high net worth individuals. It's crystal clear that when you look at the top ten cities in in the world where high net worth individuals are concentrated, they're disproportionately in the U.S. The U.S. has always, and for the foreseeable future, we think will always continue to attract those of higher income earners. It, you know, it, it is the rule of law. It's business opportunities, fantastic capital markets opportunities for kids or whatever. So, where our typical client? Where, where, what is our typical client like? They often they move from work. You know, they work with a multinational, they work with one of the big banks, and they get relocated from Hong Kong or Singapore, London to to, to Wall Street, to New York, or one of the tech companies, and they get relocated to California. Often, as well, where's you know, it's it's more self-initiated. Someone who runs their own business. Uh, it tends to be an education play. It's all about the kids, right? The uh, And again, depending on how you look at it, the, when you look at the top tertiary education uh, institutions in the world, they tend to be disproportionately located in the U.S., you know, arguably seven or eight of the top 10 are in the U.S. So if you want the best for your kids, the conversation necessarily needs to be about the U.S. So we, we work with families who want to move to the U.S. with a view to getting the, you know, getting the kids into high school or getting the kids in as in a more advantageous position to apply to some of the elite universities in the, in the U.S. Some people want to retire, you know, the retirement communities in Southern California and Florida and, and Texas are some of the most comfortable and some of the most luxurious and safe in the world and uh, and people are looking for that. So that, that that's some of the reason. But I think that's number three by a distance, but number one and two definitely worried that would be education for those or who are entrepreneurial for those who run their own business and they could be anywhere and they have that choice and that, that, that possibility. So, that, that those are the reasons why. Now, how can we work with clients like that? Well, we do so in one of two ways. We we have a Zoom consult where, you know, the client comes to us with a list of their assets and their revenue streams and we talk them through what the U.S. tax implications are and if they like it, believe what that is and if they don't like it, we will look at exploring ways of mitigating if not eliminating the, the unpleasant tax burden so that that that's one way the second way is where we just do pure math so someone comes us and says this is our tax return from india or singapore or whatever and we we ask them some additional questions and we prepare a mock us return so they can see if they are to move to us right now with the existing structures that they have this would be the the, the tax impact Uh, and again, it's, it's quantifiable so they can prioritize, oh, I really need to pay attention to this, this and this as opposed to some of the others. And, and we work with them in terms of potential mitigations and the the task consequences. Now, how do we do that? Then, you know, that, that could be quite a, a lengthy list because no one size fits all. There's no one solution that you can just package and you can sell to everyone. It, it really depends on their unique circumstances, but typically it'd be one of six. Uh, six of views we'll be looking at. The first will be prefix mitigation. Prefix stands for passive foreign investment corporations, and this is a designation that arose in the 1980s under and President Reagan. And what it is, it's defined in the in the revenue code in the section 1297. As any foreign corporation that has more than 75% of its gross income as passive, like interest, dividends, uh rental income, capital gains, whatever, or more than 50% of its assets helpful production of passive income. And I'll tell you what, what the context is It makes sense. So in the 1980s, U.S. domestic financial institutions are complaining. They're complaining that, hey, Americans are being heavily incentivized to invest in mutual fund type structures outside of the U.S. because they were a tax advantage. So as a result, it just swung the opposite way. They, they, they created a PFIC regime, which to be honest, under certain circumstances can it, be quite punitive. So it, it can, to some extent, Penalize you depending on your situation, investing in mutual fund type structures outside of the U.S. And a lot of investment opportunities and investment structures get, uh, pulled into this PFIC regime since it's worth paying attention to. Sometimes it can be certain pension structures, certain insurance policies, foreign REITs, REITs being real estate investment trusts, certain REITs might get pulled in. So quite a broad range of investment structures can be pulled in. So you'd want to work quite closely with your U.S. advisors. And again, this is something that, that U.S. international advisors will be familiar with, not really domestic, because domestic guys uh, don't really see this. So you're probably looking to work with a U.S. international advisor. If it is that you have investment structures that do fall into the PFIC regime, you can work with your advisor around either unraveling it or restructuring it in a way that's uh, more tax efficient. Uh, to put it that way. That's number one. A second strategy that we use would be accelerating the realization of non-US source income. So for example, uh some people have stock option, accumulated earnings, different compensation plans, notes, instalment sales, they potentially can be accelerated. Uh let's see. Or Sometimes accounts receivable, depending on how they've structured their investments or, or whatever. So anyway, so the focus will be, especially those with built-in gains or assets or structures of built-in gains, to somehow take the win before you enter the U.S. That, that's, that's the, the huge takeaway. Take all the wins before you enter the U.S. That's, that's number two. The, the third one is around, the third strategy we use is around built-in basis or or basis step, step up in basis, sorry. What do I mean by step-up basis? Obviously, not obviously. The U.S. has capital gains tax. Huge surprise to some of our clients when they come from like the, the Gulf area, the Gulf CC countries, the, uh, Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, Malaysia, where they may not be to capital gains, all things being equal. So capital gains, huge, huge surprise, huge shock. Now, capital gains being the delta, the difference between what you pay for the asset and what it's worth, uh, at the point of, of, you know, the sale that's been recognized. Okay, so the taxable event, so that Delta, it, it's, it's taxable. So, And it's not the contrary to popular opinion. The basis or the cost is not what you lock in when you become a U.S. person. It's what you purchased it at originally. So what we do is work with clients and ways of creating, at least in your home country, non-taxable events, which would create a step-up in basis because, you know, you've had an investment for however long, and there's, there's some built-in gains. So you may want to revalue it at the higher amount so that if, if and when there's a taxable event post becoming a U.S. taxpayer, the deltas and the difference between the basis and the selling price will be smaller. And so the capital gains tax will be smaller. So that, that's, that's one of the strategies we look at. That's number three. Number four will be around fine tax credits. Some people come from really high tax jurisdictions, Australia, New Zealand, Indonesia, China, uh, Europe, particularly Northern Europe. Frankly, jurisdictions that are higher tax than the U.S. So in that case, sometimes going to the U.S. is a sense of relief because it, it, the taxes are relatively lower. Foreign uh, tax credits. If it is that you have assets that are still in your country of origin in that higher tax country, you may want to, again, structure your face so that if and when there's a taxable event, the taxes that will be due to your country of origin or where they the asset is signed. so where's the asset located? Obviously, they get first bite of that cherry, so they get first taxing rights. So you want to make sure that your structure allows that the tax that you paid in that foreign jurisdiction is used as a foreign tax credit to offset the tax due to the United States. And uh, In many circumstances, especially with those transactions that take place in, in over high-tax jurisdictions like well, in Europe, there's no tax due to the U.S. There's no tax. If so you report it in transaction, it's not taxable, but you just want to make sure that your affairs are structured in such a way that that foreign tax credit does work to your advantage. That's number four. Number five would be around qualified dividends. It's a bit contentious. So, the jurisdictions where there's a double tax treaty in play with the United States, uh, one of the typical clauses around dividends provides that dividends paid out from the other country will be taxed in the same preferred manner as dividends from a uh, from a US company, so the qualified dividend tax rate. And that could be quite material. So like if you get dividends from a company in Singapore, Singapore, there's no double tax you in the US. So it could be taxed depending on your marginal tax rate would be it's up to 37%, right? Plus state tax, if you in California already up way over fifty percent, depending on your situation, right? So it's it's a material amount. Now, if it is that you were receiving dividends from a jurisdiction with a double tax treaty, for example, uh, Indonesia or Australia, it could be taxed to qualify dividend tax rates, which would be 15 or 20%, depending on your situation. So basically it could be half, depending on, on what you're doing. So there's a built-in incentive to create structures which utilize or leverage these lower tax jurisdictions. If you're structured, you have the ability to structure before you enter the U.S. Now, obviously, there are treaty abuse clauses. There are limitation of benefit clauses. There are, uh, you know, rules around economic substance. So it's not just I hear people talking. I uh, you know, always get these conversations. Well, oh, I'm just going to set up a company in Malta, or name some country. I'm just going to pass the dividends through. No, it doesn't look like that. There are certain rules that are played that foresee what are considered to be abuse of the, the tax treaty. So you want to have a a conversation where you prefer a tax advisor to make sure you're doing things the right way. But number five would be utilizing the tax uh to get to enjoy, for example, qualified dividends. That's five. And number six, last but not least, <laughs> and this is the first thing when we're doing pre tax consult. The first thing everybody asks about is a trust because they watch some movie, you know, they watch their favorite television series, and somehow a trust has come up like this magical box that makes everything right. You know, it's like this panacea, like this silver bullet. It is not. It is not. So, yes, it could be to your advantage to set up a trust before entering the U.S., but this is really uh, around asset protection. This is really around probate avoidance. This is really around uh, creating an estate tax blocker. This is not about income tax. It's, It's typically not about income tax planning. Typically speaking, there's no income tax advantage. Uh, to, to setting up a treaty as you, uh, a U.S. person. And so you're the grantor or you're potentially the beneficiary. So it's about other advantages, which are super important, but not typically around income tax. So those are the six of the strategies that we, that we could, uh, have a conversation with someone. We can, you we can use in having a conversation with someone who is considering that big step as they move to that land of opportunity, the land of the free and the home of the brave. My name is Darren Joseph, it's Tax. Have a look at our website. We have over 2,000 articles on Crossword Attack. We have over 1,000 videos uh, on YouTube and podcasting platforms. So if you're a six-, seven-, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for.